Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. So today's the last day of the year. And I am just going to jump right into my message. You know, this time of year, this is so, it's such an exciting time because for those of us that are planners, like you get to start, you get to get out your calendar and it's like all fresh and all new. It's like you get your new planner. I got mine in the mail a couple weeks ago and I just had to leave it in the car because I was like, I'm going to open it up. I'm going to start filling it up. But I had to calm down because I had to finish out this year. And if you don't finish out the year well, right? then the whole next year gets away from you. So I have had my planner in my car, and I knew that I was preaching today, and I was thinking about all the stuff that I could tell you about how to plan your year, (laughs) and um, like the steps that you can go through, because I'm a teacher. When I get to talk about stuff like that, like time management, that's my thing. That's my jam. I love to teach people how to do life better. And I was thinking about my goals And I was thinking about the next steps that I was going to take just in this next year, where God wants me to go, whatever. And I kept thinking about this, I kept thinking about this song. Um, And it was a song, it's got a lot of lines, it's got a lot of lines that get you. But um, there's one line in this song, um, and it's called, it's called, for those of you that want to look it up, it's called All is for Your Glory. And Andrew and Rochelle, you guys actually did it, like, in February, I think, at a girls' night in. And that song, like, rocked my world. I was, like, it made me re- It made me begin. It planted these seeds of starting to rethink how I was going to live my life. That's how significant this song is. But there's one line in this song that says, um, worthless go- goals, worthless goals will be exposed as idols. And so that, I started thinking about that back in February. I'm like, okay, Lord, I got I to gotta talk about this. I got to teach on this. Like, when can I get this going? Like, when can I start saying, you know, when can I use this thing? And I never got the release to talk about it until today. Because we're going into a new year. And so many of us want to do things. So many of us have these ideas and these plans of what we're going to do and where we're going to go, the goals that we want to achieve, the amount of money we want to save. Everybody has, you know, health goals and all of that stuff. But if we don't start with the thing that matters most, it don't matter. None of that matters. None of it matters, and I, 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 want, I want to slow down a little bit today. I know I get up here and usually get really excited, and I talk really fast, and, but I want to slow down this morning because I want to talk about where we get our goals from. I want to talk about why we plan. So... You can open your Bibles to Philippians 3, 12.
not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus has laid hold of me. You have a purpose, you have a design, you have a reason that you are here. And a lot of times we have, we try to live this life and we want Jesus to come in and inform on this life, but that's the wrong way to do it. If we don't start with Jesus, if we don't start with an open heart to whatever it is that he wants us to do, then we are starting in the wrong place. And everything, oh, Lord help me, all the things that we do will burn up when we go to meet him. It will not matter. The great things that I want to do, if it's not straight from the king, it's going to burn up. When I go to meet him, it will not matter. If it does not come from the heart of Jesus, when I started coming to this church many years ago, I, I got, I rededicated my life and I started doing all the things. I knew like the basic things. I knew like, I, okay, I got to quit smoking for sure now. <laughs> I shouldn't swear. I got to be nice to people. You know, I knew all those things. Those are Christian things to do, right? Like that's what the rules are. But I kept going on as, yeah, if you didn't know, you're not supposed to smoke. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, you heard it from the pastor. <laughs> um, but I just started trying to do all these things. And, and I got into this new place, and it was going really well because I was like, I was willing, and I was like, Lord, whatever you want. I cut off a ton of friendships. I mean, I literally just came to church because I had so many negative influences that I, I, that's all I had then. All I had was Jesus. So I was in a great place of like prayer all the time, worship, expectancy, expecting God to constantly move, like waiting for him. Well, probably God's just going to come and fix this thing right here, right now, right? And when I think like a lot of times that when we get saved newly, we have this excitement of what Jesus is going to do. And I came to this place over time and this realization like, oh, I'm going to have to keep this up. <laughs> and that's a hard place to be. But see, here's the problem is like we, we, those of us that have been Christians a long time, you know, we, we don't always see what we believe that we want to see. We don't always 
get what we desire from God. He doesn't always move sovereignly the way that we know that he can. So how do you keep up the expectancy? Well, it's in your relationship with him. But the problem is, is that when you begin to not see what you hope for, when those things happen, you get weaker. You hear influences from other people that are not uh, that are not always reverent. And this was a thing that I did. Like I would lose my reverence for the presence of God because I had seen it. Because I had been in his presence before. And I'm not saying that I was like, oh, whatever, God, oh, you know, not a big deal. Just I wasn't expecting. And the problem with that is that when I don't allow, what the, I mean, what that symptom of is that I wasn't making him first, first, first. See, we get saved and we want him to come in and, and we, want, we want to invite him to make our lives better in what we have. So God, I've got this job, so will you fix this thing? Will you fix this person? Will you change that? And really what we need to be doing is, God, here is my life. You have it. You mix it all up. You do whatever you want me to do. You do whatever you want with it. And then you give it back to me and I will live it. A lot of times we, we want to bring Jesus into our life and he wants to be Lord of ours. Lord of our lives himself. Like he wants to be over it all and in it all and through it all. He didn't come. You guys got to hear my heart. I like the first time I wrote this message, I like cried the whole time. <laughs> like a weepy cry, like a really wimpy cry. It was terrible. Um, you guys got to hear my heart. Jesus didn't come to make your life what you want it to be. He came so that you could know him and you could choose to give him your life and he can make it what he wants it to be. And that is why we exist. That is who we are supposed to be. Colossians 1.16 This is who we say, this is who we serve, okay? This is why we have to be so selfless and so open to what he wants to speak. 116, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. He is before all things. 
and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and that in all things he may have preeminence. I want to let that sink in, that in all things he may have preeminence. And that song I was telling you about, this is part, this, part of this is um, a line that they sing. And I'm like, I started to really reevaluate, like, God, I'm doing all these things. Because I love you and I want to serve you. But I guess I have to ask you, is that what you want me to do? Am I open enough that if I wrote half a book and you said, hey, that's not what I asked you to do right now, can I delete the file? Can I burn the manuscript? Am I open enough to that? Am I open enough to drop the thing that I've been working on so hard? Am I open enough? Because it's not what he wants me to do. We're driven. We are driven. We are human beings. We have flesh. We are driven by our flesh. It says in the Bible, I mean, like, we, we are driven by our flesh. This is a thing that we, we always will have to get in check. We will always, we will never get to a point where we don't have flesh anymore. It will always be an active work to get our flesh under control. But we human beings are driven by fame. We are driven by people knowing us. We are driven by success. We are driven by money. We are driven by food. We are driven by things that make us feel good because we are flesh. But the way that God designed us was so that we can take that, bring it into control, and let our spirit out over the top of that. Let our spirit, because our spirit, that's what communes with the Lord. That's how he speaks to us. That's that thing that whispers inside of us, where is this thing coming from that I want to say right now but is totally weird and new or whatever? That is our spirit communing with the Lord himself. And that's how we're designed. We're designed to overcome our flesh because God didn't want a bunch of robots here on earth. God wanted a family. In him, all things exist and consist and exist through him. If God wanted to take you out right now, he would. He could. He, would. he wouldn't. <laughs> But he could. <laughs> Let me say that. Because our, our God loves us. He wants us to come to him the day that he's coming back. And he is coming back. We live, we live like, and it's not wrong. It's just when, when, when Jesus first came and he was crucified, like the disciples were living like, man, any minute, any day. We live for this life that we are, that this flesh life, this, 
next meal, whatever. We live for that, and we have to be living for what's on the other side of that. We have to be living for when we go to meet Jesus. But it's not, it's not easy. And it's, it's actually against what we're taught. It's against what we, not in the church, but like in society. Find your truth. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> this is it. He's the only way. He's the only, there are not multiple ways to the Lord. It is Jesus Christ coming to know him giving your life to him and letting him be Lord of your life. That is the only way. That is the only way that what you do on this earth is going to matter. I want you to understand that. That is the only way that what the things that we do day to day are going to matter is if God's hand is on it. We're motivated by the wrong things. In all things that he may have preeminence. So I started thinking to myself. How do I make my life that way? <clears throat> how do I make my life into that? Into that? How can you be part of it? everything I do. And it starts with the most basic things. Can you make Jesus the Lord of your life when you're watching television? When you're picking the show that you're going to watch? Can you change it when you know Jesus is in the room and you're going to grieve his Holy Spirit by continuing to watch the thing? But it's not just that. It's our conversations, the things that come out of our mouths, even in private, even in private, the things that we say, even when, when, you know, it's just me and my husband. Those things matter. Can Jesus be Lord of your life in your anger and frustration with someone? And you want to call it venting? That's gossip. And it's a sin. Can he be Lord of your life in every area? Let me tell you more. Let me tell you more. He's got to have the first rank. He's got to be your guide. 
He can't be part of your plans. He's got to be the reason for your plans. He's got to be at the middle, in the middle. He has got to be the reason. When I wake up in the morning, I take a deep breath and I think, how can I serve you today, Jesus? When I pray at night with my children, I say, Lord, help us to be healthy, wealthy, wise, witty, witty, obviously. Help us to serve you better. Help us to love you deeper. In every area, Lord, what can I do? What can I do for you? John 1, 1. In the beginning, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. This is our Jesus. This is who we serve. This is why we do what we do. See, Jesus didn't come to save just just this room. He didn't come to save just 144,000. He came to save everyone on this earth. But we have to make that choice that we're going to be willing to give our lives to him. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Because he exists, we exist. And that is why we owe him everything. Everything. The minutes, I think back to the days that I didn't serve him and how much time I was wasted. But Jesus said, leave the past in the past and move forward. So I press on to achieve that, to lay hold of that which Christ laid hold of me. My purpose. You understand what that's saying? It's saying you push on. You serve him so that you can achieve the, reason, the purpose for which he called you. Because he has called you. He has called you. And you know what? It's stuck because you're here. You're seeking him. Something in you is saying, I need more Jesus. But the problem is, is that we get overwhelmed with our regular life. We get overwhelmed with, with the daily, the daily things that we have to do. And then we start trying to bring Jesus into our plans. It was so funny when one day, one of the young ladies that comes here, she's, she's talking to a bunch of us and she was like, Jesus, don't you see this thing that I did here? Can you look at this thing? And it was so funny, but she is trying to explain, like she's trying to get Jesus to do what she wanted him to do and not yield to what he wanted her to do. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is Genesis. This is the first line in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. 
and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And we say to that, we, what, what do you, I need you to do this for me. We say to the creator of the world, I need you to do this, God. And then we get mad at him when we don't see him move the way we expect him to move. And then we fall away. We lose our faith. We start to not believe the word. We start to not believe what he said. We start to question. We take our control back. Areas that we've surrendered, we pick them back up. Things that we've let go of, that we've released, we pick it back up. And we say, God, you can't have this anymore. When I began to release that expectancy, it changed the way I lived. I was, because I wasn't so expectant, I could do things, I could kind of do a little bit of what I used to do. I could flirt with the past. I could watch things that were not edifying. I could expose, like, like I, I think back to some of the shows that I would watch as a Christian. As a Christian. As someone who loved Jesus. And I'm not trying to be all, like, holier than thou. Listen, we have to consider what we are letting our spirits experience. The Holy Spirit is in the room as long as we let him be. But we choose to not let him be when we turn on the channel and watch two seasons of Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, I don't mean to name names. I don't, I, you know, you know. If it hits your spirit wrong, then you should turn it off. My daughter was watching a cartoon the other day, and I'm like, I just, that, that, I, my mom, when I was little, my mom didn't let us watch anything. We couldn't watch anything. I could, we could only, like, we couldn't basically watch TV because, like, we couldn't watch Smurfs, and we couldn't watch, I mean, we couldn't watch anything. And we couldn't watch Robin Hood, like, the Disney movie Robin Hood. Like, we weren't allowed to watch that because at the beginning, <laughs> this is funny, I found, we found a VHS. Okay, so I'm talking to 40% of the room. <laughs> uh, come on. I found a VHS of Robin Hood, and my mom had recorded it from the TV, as we used to do. Don't even ask. It doesn't matter anymore. We'll never go back there. <laughs> my, and, I, and I watched it. We always watched it from this, like, it wasn't quite the beginning. It was almost the beginning, but you, could, you knew that there was a couple of minutes missing. Well, like... Recently, I mean, I think it was when we let Seo watch it. 
the, it opens with fortune telling. And my mom was like, oh no. So she intentionally hit record when she hit record because she didn't want to expose me to that junk. But like little things like that. And I am not saying there's a demon under every rock. I am not saying that, that something's trying to get you. But you know what? We got to be on our guard. We got to be on our guard. And if it doesn't sit well here, don't keep listening. We, if Jesus is going to be the Lord of our lives, if Jesus is going to be the Lord of our lives, then we have to be sensitive. If you keep listening to that show, if you keep listening, I was listening to a health podcast, and the lady started talking about the psychedelic experience, and I'm like, I'm not, I stopped listening to her because now I don't want to know about that. That is not in line with the things that I believe. And so I'm not going to expose my spirit to that. And I'm not going to compromise for a podcast in somebody's opinion. I'm not going to do that. But we have to learn to do this in every area. There's times still, I mean, I am a human being and I am flesh. And there is times where I am like, dang, I dropped the ball there. Maybe it wasn't wild, but it wasn't good enough for the king. Maybe it wasn't crazy. Maybe I didn't go off the deep end, but it wasn't good enough for the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. And if we live our lives that way, if we choose to make him preeminent, the first place, number one, first rank, the director of all that we do, then our lives are going to look different. It's a narrow way. It is not the easy way to go. It is not a wide path, and it's not for everybody. But I am here to do what God has called me to do, and I will not lose a day. God, help me not lose a day. Help me not miss it so I can carry out what he's called me to do. I press on to achieve, to lay hold of, that thing for which Christ laid hold of me. I press on for that thing. I will not stop. I will not compromise. Listen, we are, guys, we are where we are. This is not, I know this is not like a, an easy message and everybody's going to be like, I, I hope, I don't hope that you're sad when you leave, I hope. I hope that you're happy. Because, you know what? Because I always hated the, the messages, like, when I was a teenager or, or even, like, as a new Christian where you get convicted. Like, I knew, you know, when I walked out of the room, I knew, like, I have to throw out that pack of cigarettes that are, that's in my car. Like, I knew it. I don't want to. But if I'm going to go to the next, this is not recent. This is, this is like, the very beginning, just to clarify, because we're on live stream and... <laughs> But if we, if we, like, if we don't let the word sink in that we receive from here, because that's why you come, right? You come to receive the word of the Lord for your life. That's why you've chosen. That's why the Holy Spirit has directed you to this church. is because this house has a word that is specific to your life. 
And that's why it's so important that when we are thinking about moving and going somewhere, like leaving town, or I just want to get out of South Florida because there's too many people here and it's too expensive and whatever, we have to think about what our purpose is connected to our local church. And I know that sounds selfish coming from the pastor of a local church, but it is not my idea. It is his the Holy Spirit has, has you here for a reason, for the season that you're in right now, so that you can get the tools that you need and take them out there. It's just what his word says. That's what he does. Our purpose is connected to our local church. And I am not giving a hard time to anybody that watches online. Hopefully, if you're close, you can make it here someday, but we need each other and we need community. We need to be together. And we have to remember, we are not doing Jesus any favors by serving him. He can get done what he needs to get done. We have to understand the greatness, the great thing that he did when he chose to go to the cross and die for us. That is a thing that is central to what we believe, right? But it is a thing that we, I feel like we don't spend enough time talking about that Jesus died for me. He died. He gave his life for me. He is the ultimate sacrifice. He died for you. He died for you. He died for you. You don't get to say, not me. No, he died for you. You can just choose to reject it. A man died for you. God died for you as a man so that he could have a relationship with you. That is why we do what we do. He died for me. So now I got to die for him because my life is not my own. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. The truest, best life is in leaving everything behind that was not, that's not for you, that God doesn't want in your life, that doesn't bring you closer to him. Those are worthless goals. Those things that are worthless goals. Those things that even at the deep down, at the very bottom of it, you know you just want to get followers. You just want people to know you and not Jesus. Maybe it, it's not that ugly. Or maybe it is. And you just got to be honest about it. That's okay. We're human beings and we struggle with stuff like that. We want to be known. When I started becoming, when, when I came on, the, uh, the, when I came to this church, as a pastor, somebody told me I should start posting on social media. And I, I tried. But apparently it wasn't from the Lord because I, it just didn't flow. And I just want to post pictures of my, my beautiful children. And um, they are two of the most beautiful children you'll ever see in your life. So <laughs> you can follow me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> 
but somebody told me, like, hey, you're in this role now. You, you got to, you know, have yourself a presence out there. And I don't, I, don't, I don't need to have myself a presence out there. I don't. That's not something. Maybe, I mean, maybe God's got other plans for me later down the line. But right now, he wants me to be humble. And I think he just knew that if I got a bunch of follows back then, that I would not be humble. Maybe, that, maybe that, that might be an explanation. Maybe it's not. I don't know. We'll never know. But I chose because I knew that God's hand was not on it. Because it was not flowing from my spirit and it was a stressor. I knew that God's hand was not on it. We have to resist that desire to be known by people and be known by the Lord himself. Him only. He's the only one that matters. I say this all the time. At the beginning of the year, God gave me that verse. In Isaiah 50, I set my face as a flint, determined to serve the Lord. I cannot worry about people. I love people. And if you knew me when I first started coming to this church, and you see me now, like, in the lobby with people, like, (laughs) it's different. I'll just say that. Because I'm an introvert. And I... Ish always laughs at me because I'll walk in the, in the green room and take a deep breath and, and then go back out. Because I love people. I want to hug people. I want to let you know because I care that you're here. I care that you're living a better life because you're coming to church. I care. I want you to live your best life. I want that. But I, I cannot be known by you. I must be known by what the Lord is doing through me. I cannot be known by people. And if that ever becomes a motivation, if there's something that you are doing and it opens, it's like a, a, put a knife to your throat in Proverbs. Put a knife to your throat if you begin to desire the food of kings. Something like that. But that's pretty close. I'm pretty proud of myself right now. <laughs> if something that you are doing is feeding your flesh too much and now God is on the outside of it, the grace has lifted and you need to move on. Because the enemy will take that and he will work in it. Even if it's something that God told you to do in the first place, the grace will lift. You, this is why, y'all, this is why we have to be so connected to the Lord. Now, I was talking about at the very beginning, I said I wasn't going to get excited. Now I'm out of breath. <laughs> I was talking about at the very beginning how we, I got tired of being expectant. I got tired of, 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 you know, doing the same things and having these great expectations of what God was going to do and then not seeing him move exactly the way I wanted him to move or whatever. We have to. We don't have a choice. We have to keep that up. We have to keep up our expectancy because God, just like that, like the song we were singing earlier, like Mountains are still being moved. Bodies are still being raised. That still happens today. But do you believe and do you live your life like you believe that? Do you live, do you make choices like you believe that? So what do we do? How do we keep up the hunger for the things of God when we, everywhere we look, we have an opportunity to get filled by something else? Everywhere we look.
Well, we have a great opportunity for you that's starting on January the 3rd. <laughs> and I mean it, y'all. We're going to have a 21-day fast. Church-wide, this is going to be our third one. And this is when we get to tell God, like, hey, I'm, I'm putting some skin in the game. Because I can pray for 15 minutes every day, no problem. I'm good with that. Like, I'm good. I can definitely pray. I can definitely read my Bible every day. But you take food away from me, what is there to live for? <laughs> I'm kidding. There's other things to live. Well, I mean, we got, God made it so we could we need it, right? <laughs> but listen, we are going into a 20-day fast, 21-day fast because Romans 11.1, 1, if the first, first lump is holy, the whole lump is holy. If you give the Lord the first portion of your year, then the rest of the year is set apart for him. You are telling God that you mean business, and you are telling the enemy that he, is, he has no more influence over you. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do. It's hard to do. And I, I, I want, you have to fast where you are, and you have to fast what God puts on your heart to fast, right? So for us, it's food, and we'll do liquids. And for you, it might be meat. It might be doing the Daniel fast. It might be whatever. For young, young folks, like, like our kids, like, they might be able to fast screen time. I don't know. Yes, because as children, they should see. It's important to begin, even when you're young, to set apart some time for the Lord. Breaks my heart every time I say, say, do you have anything you wanted to say to Jesus? And she says, no. <laughs> I'm like, I love you. Say, I love you, Jesus. <laughs> I, but even as children, yes, parents, yes, I'm not, do not starve your children. I'm telling you that right now. Do not do that. That is not the heart of God. But as adults, we can tell Jesus that we mean business. We can tell the Lord, and we can set aside our desires. What, when I was saying earlier about how our flesh, and we live from our flesh, and our flesh controls us, it controls the things that we think about, it controls, I, you know, I, sometimes I go to, I'm going to sleep at night, and my husband's making me coffee, because he is so wonderful and makes me coffee every morning. <laughs> my husband is making coffee and I smell it, I'm like, oh, I can't wait till tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm fasting coffee. But that, that flesh thing, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm not talking. We're moving on. Move on. No more talk about it. But if that flesh is like, okay, you can get up no problem tomorrow morning. You're going to be good. You've got coffee brewing in the coffee pot. That's me saying, I'm going to put my flesh down so that I can hear, so that my spirit can be in control. That's why we're doing the 21-day fast, so that we can reestablish the spirit of God connecting with our spirits, especially even during, like, Christmas time, I found myself fasting here and there, like, and my husband and I were fasting the other day, and I'm like, ah, 
does this count towards the 21 day fast? Because like, it's so fleshly. Christmas is so fleshly. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, my husband is apparently the rule follower now, but, but, <laughs> thanks a lot. I'm trying to follow the rules now. Um, <laughs> but that's why we do the 21 day fast so that we can allow our spirit to control our lives, oh man, and the time with the Lord. Now it is not just not eating, it is adding in prayer and worship and reading and, and, and time away that you wouldn't normally do intentionally with the Lord. It's such a beautiful time. And the fruit of it is amazing. The fruit of it is incredible. So you have to... Decide if that's something, or God, I mean, if you want to do it the right way. You got to let, like, find out, like, God, what do you want me to do? God, how do you want me to participate in this thing? How do you want me to be open to this? How do you want me to change my life? What do you want me to set aside? What is the thing that is an idol? What is the thing that is a worthless goal that I need to set aside so that I can hear your voice clearer and so that I can reset my life? this year, for you and where you're taking me, where we're going. Somebody said, I know I heard it from you, Bishop, but somebody said, I can tell you the most important things in your life if you let me look at your calendar and your checkbook. Now it would be your online statement. <laughs> Tonight we come back and we have our word of the Lord Sermon, it's at 6 p.m. Don't be late. It's going to be amazing. Um, and tonight is a super special night because tonight we sow our first fruits offering. We sow a significant seed for this year in obedience to the Lord and in belief and faith for where he wants to take us, we sow into God's ground for this next year. You can tell him tonight that you mean business. I got to tell you, I have a bunch of stories about significant seeds. The first, I'm not going to tell you a bunch. The first one is... <laughs> um, the first time I ever sowed a significant seed, I, this is a long, long time ago, and Dr. John was preaching, and I didn't trust him because I didn't know him, and I didn't know anything about biblical economics, and I sowed a big seed, and uh, the next week, I got a raise that I had asked for months before. In just a couple of weeks ago, this is a good one. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was in the middle of a service. Sean was up here preaching, and I felt like the Lord told me to sow a significant seed. And it was in an increment of three, and it was significant. <laughs> My husband's like, what was that for that was so expensive? <laughs> I believed for three staff members, and we got two in the next week. We got two. That was immediate. That was immediate ground. We sowed a significant seed 
when we had the miscarriage in 2018, and we have Saya James and Sean Oakley, beautiful, those beautiful little children you'll see on my Instagram. We got it, we sowed a seed, because we knew that if we sowed a seed, God would bless it, because we were doing it in faith, partnering with him, demonstrating to him that we believe he is who he says he is. This is why we sow. During pastor appreciation, I will never forget our first pastor appreciation. I was amazed. And I was amazed at how much y'all blessed us. There's so many people I was like, that, that was too much. Let me give it back. There were people that I knew gave when they probably struggled to give that. And when Bishop and I were talking about it, he's like, you have to take that. Like, you can't, you can't give that back. You can't not deposit that because then you're taking that blessing from that person. The seeds we sow matter. So tonight we're going to come. We're going to hear the word of the Lord for this year. And it's going to be amazing. And we're going to sow our seed, our first fruit seed. So be ready. Those are things that we can do to prepare. I want to read... One more scripture for you. I mean the whole uh, chapter of Philippians 3. Not really, I'm kidding. I just want to read this thing to you because I want you as you. <laughs> Sorry, I really like the Bible. I really, really like the Bible. And if you don't know Jesus and you want to know more about him, like this is where you go. It's got everything in there. If you are new to reading the Bible, start with the New Living Translation and read that for however long. I, it is so good. It is so good. Deuteronomy 28 and 30. Nobody ever gets there. It takes people a real long time to get there, but start there. Maybe not start there, but it's so good. The Bible is so good. But I, as I close, I want to read these scriptures to you. Because I know that this has not been an easy message to hear, but it's the truth, and it's what's in God's word, and he wants to have a relationship with you that is closer than you can imagine, and maybe it's hard for you to see yourself making only decisions that the Lord, ha the Lord would have you make. Maybe you're, but if you, what about the next decision? What about giving up just that little thing that he's asking you for? I didn't walk into a church service on a Sunday morning and all of my, all of my, and stop sinning. All of the things that I struggled with, it didn't, they didn't just fall off. I had to work at it. And it's not abnormal. But here's the thing I don't want you to do. I don't want you to come in here thinking that you, can, you checked the box for going to church and you're good. Because you're not. That is not enough. You must know our Savior. And what is deeper, you must live for him. So I want to read these verses to you. And it's going to end in the, in the theme scripture of today, but it's starting Philippians 3, 7. <laughs> but what things were gained to me? Let me before, let me give you like a background of what's happening here. Paul is talking about how awesome he was. 
before he um, gave it all up for Jesus. He was talking about he was a Pharisee, and so he was, like, one of the most amazing Pharisees, like, super smart guy, like, renowned, like, he knew everything. He followed all the rules. He was perfect, as perfect as he could get. He gave all the offerings. He, he sought out Christians um, because they were believing something that was against what he believed. He did everything well. He's from this tribe of Benjamin that was perfect. Everything, he's bragging on how great he was, okay, before he found Jesus. And then he goes, but what things were gained to me, these things, I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which would be from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. So we're making plans and we're getting ready for 2024. It's in just a few hours. But what needs to be reevaluated? What good thing were you planning on going after that's not a part of what God wants you to go after? What things need to fall by the wayside? And what hard things do you need to pick up so that Christ can be glorified in you? What easy way have you been going? And God's saying, you need to take left. You need to take the high road where you'll be protected, where you'll be achieving the thing that I care about. Maybe it's not fame. Maybe it's not money. Maybe it's not notoriety. Maybe it's not everybody knows you. Maybe it's not what you saw yourself as. But God will meet you wherever you are. And he'll give you the strength to do what he's calling you to do right now. When I was 
moved to South Florida and I didn't know anybody and I came down here for a job. Y'all, I never thought I was gonna be a pastor, ever, ever. And here I am and I remember two years into being down here before I even started, I guess when I had started coming to church and was just kind of figuring it out. I was on the phone with my sister and I said, well, I think maybe God has me right where he wants me. Me, by myself, in a big city. I didn't know anybody. But in a weird, divine moment, when I was thinking about moving back to Indiana where my family was, I partnered with God's thought for my life. And I stand here today, not because I'm perfect. No, no, I am not. No. And I am not, I don't, y'all, I don't know anything about Jesus. I feel like sometimes, like, I am at the starting line. He's got so much more to show me after all this time. But I'm willing. And I want him, and I know I want to get better. I know that I want him to be Lord of my life more and more and more. And I'm going to glorify him by making better decisions more and more and more. And that's all we can do, and that's all he asks of us. Because he is a good God, and he loves us, and he wants to bless us. He is good, truly, truly good. I press on to lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.